Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. This time on the show, the curse of comparison at work. It's taboo to talk about who we envy. It's taboo to talk about the fact that we do it. And it sort of doubles down on the internal blocks. Blocks that can stop us from trying something new. Who am I to create X, Y, and Z when that person's already done it? They've already written the book that I wanted to write. What's the point? So I won't bother. Coming up, changing our relationship with comparison. Now, if you're female, chances are you're well acquainted with a negative voice in your head. You know, it pops up at various times to ask who on earth you think you are, to ask for more money, to criticise your appearance, or to tell you your colleague is getting the attention you deserve. We all compare ourselves to other people. It's human. But the effects can be quite detrimental to our progress, whether we work for a company or for ourselves. Lauren Bacon and Tanya Geisler are a couple of Canadian leadership coaches who wanted to look more closely at our urge to compare. Not just look at it, but offer a way for us to reframe our whole relationship with comparison, to change it from something that can be destructive to something more constructive. Lauren co-owned and ran her own business for 12 years before she began writing and coaching creative types. She's based in Vancouver. We spoke on Skype. Earlier this autumn, she published a piece about how to stop comparing yourself to other people at work. I'm quoting here from that piece you wrote in Quartz, which I really enjoyed. You said, comparison is an unconscious habit that can distort our view of ourselves or others. What do you mean by that? Well, what I noticed about comparison is that I'd been doing it for years and years without actually noticing it, without actually paying attention to what the mental process was. And so um, how it would show up is a sort of an unconscious sorting of people into sort of like me or not like me, um, people who I felt like I was doing better than or who I thought were doing better than me. And there's nothing inherently wrong about that, except I think... Um, you know, it's very natural for us to try to sort and compartmentalize and organize things into categories. Um, That's part of what we do as human creatures. But where it gets troublesome is when we start uh, labeling and judging um, other people and ourselves. And so what I noticed about comparison was that I would catch myself in that in the process of um, comparing up, like that is looking to other people for inspiration, but then um, finding that I might be putting them on a pedestal, or finding that I might be looking at them as sort of superhuman in some way, um, and looking at the qualities that they embodied as being kind of out of reach for me. Or I could be comparing down and judging those people harshly. And again, looking at, you know, using it as a way to kind of boost up my ego and feel better than someone else. Like most of us, she's made these kind of comparisons quite a lot during her career. 
Before she owned her own company, she had a boss she didn't much like. What really made her skin crawl was his avid self-promotion. He lost no opportunity to talk himself up and take credit for something when he didn't deserve to. She lost no opportunity to feel disgusted and superior and to tell herself she would never stoop so low. Then she became a business owner, and that guy's behaviour continued to haunt her in her life as an entrepreneur. What it did to me internally was it got me to a place where I just, I just refused to replicate the, any behaviour that remotely smacked of that. So where, you know, he might take more credit than was due, I would take less credit than was due in reaction to that sort of overbearing persona. But she eventually realised her business was suffering. Where her ex-boss had gone big on hiring and fast growth, she wouldn't hire help even though she desperately needed it. Where he was a one-man marketing machine, she barely did any marketing or talked about her successes. Now, there is an icky way to be self-promotional and there's um, a confident and assertive way to be self-promotional. And I had a tendency because um, I think as, as a woman in part and just as a person I'd been raised... Um, to kind of feel like it was more important for the collective to share credit or it was um, important to be humble and to sort of fit in and not stand out too much, that I hadn't really learned the skill of artful self-promotion. So labeling it as wrong or as bad or as gross was a a much easier way out than to actually learn the skill of self-promotion in a way that, that felt good and aligned with my values. She says thrusting all that negativity onto her boss was actually really lazy. It meant she could avoid looking at herself and the stuff she might actually be lacking as a business person. The story you just told about your former boss and the fact that that behaviour stayed with you for such a long time, to me that that reads as sort of more benign than some of the, the comparison I've done and I know other people do, which is where it's this weird mixture of feelings of... There is admiration in there, there's envy, there's frankly dislike. There's a whole bunch of things, but that is almost more, I don't know if it's more destructive. That's the kind of comparison I'm more familiar with from my own life. And, you know, when I talk to friends about their kind of comparison situations at work. Absolutely. I've heard that a lot too. And I think envy is one of these things that, you know, another part of it that gets really tricky is there's a way in which it's actually totally taboo to talk about. It's taboo to talk about who we envy. It's taboo to talk about the fact that we do it. Um, And it sort of doubles down on the, the internal blocks, right? Because we, we not only are we blocking ourselves from, you know, embodying whatever those qualities are, but we're also judging ourselves so harshly for doing it, you know, that we don't even want to admit it to ourselves, let alone to others. And so, um, you know, so we fail to delve into it because it just feels so vulnerable and gross to to look it squarely in the eye. But envy is such an incredibly educational experience because as soon as we catch ourselves envying someone, um, it's a it's an amazing opportunity to ask ourselves, what is it about this person? Like, what are the qualities in this person that are uh, that I'm envying? And where am I not giving myself permission to explore those qualities, to embody those qualities, to um, give myself credit for the places where I am doing those things? So there's so many ways we can learn from envy. I I mean, I'll give you an example from my own life. Um, 
one of the places that a lot of us envy is around financial stuff, you know? So and I have certainly done that a lot to look at people who are, you know, earning more money than I make and who are seemingly experiencing that with enormous ease and with uh, great good fortune that maybe especially especially comes up when they're doing something that's similar to me, right? People who are in the sort of writing and coaching space. And so, you know, I see somebody having a really successful launch and I go, oh, what's it going to take for me to have a really successful launch like that? We'll come back to that topic of doing the most comparison with people you have things in common with, because I am far from immune to it. When I spoke to Lauren's fellow coach, Tanya Geisler, I wanted to know if this compulsion to compare affects men as much as women. The way that they're raised is just, it's okay to screw up, just don't get caught, right? So just don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. So I think that that is a huge piece. Um, I think that there's so much more, so much more shame from the men that I have worked with. It is near impossible. Like this is to get to that point where they will really, you know, come clean with the comparison that they do do. That's the work. Like once they get to that, then, you know, it's, it's smooth sailing. Whereas with women, it's like, oh, this is where I show up. I recognize this has been an impediment to my growth, my success. I really need to transform this and I need to transform it now. And when female clients talk about this stuff, they're different from guys in another way. Lauren alluded to this a bit earlier and Tanya sees it too. Women beat themselves up about all the comparing they do. Because we actually understand that intrinsically, it doesn't feel healthy. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good when we are sort of sitting in this kind of smallish place. Like even just imagine the energy of your body when you're like, when you're, I'm just scrunching up my nose right now as I'm thinking about it. So you're like comparing yourself and you're feeling sort of small and you're like, why does she get what I don't have? Or, or the opposite, you know, where we feel this disdain, this sort of, uh, you know, this comparing down kind of quality. Like I'm better than they are yeah, I'm better than they are. And so we have this, you know, so it feels, it feels, feels kind of good for a little bit, you know, it feels like, oh, I, you know, I finally, I, I win. Uh, but we understand intrinsically that this is not, this is not our set point. This is not where we are supposed to be. So we berate ourselves. So we are very hard on ourselves for, for comparison, for comparing in the first place. So I, I always want to be really clear, this program, the work that Lauren and I are doing is not about not comparing. It's about bringing some consciousness and awareness and some recognition to what's going on so that we can transform it into uh, a relationship that feels a lot more aligned with who we are. She says one of the worst things about comparison is how it can derail people. She's spoken to countless women who had an idea for a project of some kind, anything from a company to a simple blog post, and then they realise someone else is already on it. They immediately start to doubt themselves. Who am I to create X, Y, and Z when that person's already done it? They've already written the book that I wanted to write. What's the point? So I won't bother. My voice isn't important enough. Uh, it's, it's too late. I best shift gears and go into something entirely different. But just because someone's writing a book about that topic doesn't mean you can't write your book. Lauren writes a lot, and she told me some of her most successful pieces have been on topics that have already been covered extensively. Yet to her surprise, it was those posts that were shared hundreds of times. Both women look at this urge to drop an idea because of the competition as sort of shirking our responsibility to put our own stamp on things. Now, women are inundated with comparison points in the form of glossy magazines, celebrity-packed TV shows, The Real Housewives, 
and perhaps especially parenting groups. And then there's social media, which neither sex is immune to. First, if you're on Twitter, there's the inevitable number of followers comparison. And then people tend to share their triumphs, which Tanya says has an insidious effect on our psyches. So we're seeing the best. We're seeing the best of everybody that they're you know, p- putting out there. And we have lots of beliefs about the ease you know, that with which they, they got where they got. Um, and we compare it to our uh, trials, our tribulations, this, this comparing our insides to others' outsides. You know, another way we always talk about blooper reel versus highlight reel. You know, we only see our blooper reel. So we don't know. We don't know what somebody else has actually gone through, what they have sacrificed, what they've decided, what they've had to say yes to and no to, to get where they are, to get that opportunity, uh, raise, promotion. So we, we, we make it up. We invent a narrative to suit our own ideas of who that person is. Soon we're telling ourselves they're the luckiest person on earth and we, we have fate stacked against us. Obviously, comparison, it, it can be really stuck. It's a really sort of stuck place. So the next time you catch yourselves, and, and this is for the readers, uh, viewers, <laughs> listeners right here, as they're listening to you and, and they're, they're looking at the success that you've had in your work, Ashley, and, and maybe they're listening to me and they're, they're feeling some sort of, um, oh, I've, I've always wanted to be on that show or I've always, I've always wanted this and why can't I have that? If there's any of that going on, uh, recognize that for what it is. There's a bit of admiration, the gifts, uh, you know, the gifts that we've been given or that we've, you know, made, made happen and look to what qualities in that person that you might be admiring in that moment inspire me. Again, she says, try to work out how you can take some of them on yourself. Now, of course, I can't imagine anyone envying me because I'm too busy envying other people, namely podcasters from my same world of public radio with a much bigger platform than I have. Podcasters who get to advertise their shows on the radio, podcasters who have connections to radio gods who give them an on-air blessing. From these opportunities, tens of thousands or more listeners can result. I admire these people a lot but I can't pretend I don't compare myself with them or that I'm not envious of the platforms they have to let everyone know about their work. Lauren says, look, you can't always replicate the same results of the people you envy, which of course is terribly disappointing, but don't focus on those other people or you'll lose sight of what you're trying to achieve yourself. Also, she says, think twice when you envy a colleague at work say, someone who seems to have the ear and the favour of a higher-up you can't seem to engage, ask what kinds of qualities they have that are getting them that attention. Are they even qualities that matter to you? Or are they simply enviable because they're of value to other people, you know, to the people in power? And if the answer is the latter, then, you know, I would work really hard to release it, to, you know, to just let it go and bless them and let them on their way because if it's not something you want in an, in for its own merit and for your for yourself then in the long run it's not going to serve you you know um in the long run it's really more about how do you align yourself with the people who you know share your values and who see things the way that you do and perhaps you know rise to the top in different ways she wants people to find success on their own terms Lauren says when it comes to the women she coaches, she doesn't just see traditional comparison woes. What I see with a lot of people is actually 
the flip side of comparison when you're on the receiving end of other people's comparison. So when people are putting you on a pedestal or people are judging you, and especially just the fear of that, the fear of that holds so many people back, and especially women, because we're raised um, to really care so much about what other people think and to pay so much attention to that. She says the desire to dodge criticism is so powerful and the urge to seek praise so strong in women A lot of us want to avoid criticism at all costs because it's so uncomfortable. But doing that means you don't take risks. And avoiding risk means you limit your chance to grow. And finally, Lauren mentioned something I'd heard about but was a bit sceptical about. This idea that women are afraid of success and what it might bring. Lauren says plenty of her female clients are living with this fear. Actively avoiding that kind of mass adulation that comes with big success, right? As much as they're trying to avoid lots of criticism, they could actually just be avoiding that, that kind of the, those huge expectations that can come with high visibility. You know, if you step forward and put yourself out there as a leader, it could be as an entrepreneur, it could be as a leader in your workplace, it could be, you know, writing that memoir you've always wanted to write, whatever it is, Getting scared of the persona that people are going to push onto you, getting anxious about the niche they're going to try to slot you into is a really big one for a lot of women. And I see that holding a lot of us back. Again, it comes back to what other people think of us. If you'd like to change your own relationship with comparison, you can check out Lauren and Tanya's online program at beyondcompare.ca. I'll also post a link under this episode at thebroadexperience.com. If you have a comment on the show, please post it there or go to the show's Facebook page, or you can email me at ashley at thebroadexperience.com. If you'd like to hear something covered on the show, please let me know. Also, if you'd like to stay updated on new episode releases and women and work news, you can sign up for my newsletter via the newsletter tab at thebroadexperience.com. That's the show for this time. Thanks again to April Leslie for her help putting this episode together. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.